Dan Bar Shalom is a programmer of 20 years. He worked in a few companies, and in one of them, Live Person, he came across a developer he really liked. So I'm Itai. Itai Chianovsky. So when I came to Live Person before I was at Wix, Dan was one of the interviewers, and uh, I found him to be very inspirational. It's like, it's like an interview that when I finished it, I, I went home inspired and said, I want to work at this company. And Dan was one of the reasons. I actually interviewed him there and uh, recruited him not to my own team, but uh, got him to the company. And I really liked uh, working with him. Uh, he's a very brilliant guy. And uh, very, I, I really liked working with him. It was love at first code. Two developers swiping right on working with each other. But they were on different teams, and soon the paths diverged. I joined Wix about four years ago. I joined the platformization team as its first architect, and I was set to actually start the whole process of platformization in Wix. If what Itai just said doesn't make sense to you, it's understandable. The word he used, platformization, is made up, not a real term. And it's kind of fitting that Itai's job title is gibberish, because the work he does is pretty unusual too. To understand what platformization means, we first must understand that Wix is organized a bit differently from most companies. Most corporations have a centralized command structure. One CEO, one executive board, a defined chain of command. Within that structure, there may be divisions dedicated to different sectors. Maybe a marketing division, an R&D division, and so on. At Wix, what you'd normally think of as a division of the company operates, rather, as its own company. The organization structure of Wix is actually many companies. Uh, each product, you can call it a company, like uh, e-commerce and uh, bookings, etc. Each one is a company. And all of them were pretty much independent. Each quote-unquote company at Wix is related to the others, but operates with a great deal of autonomy. And that was worked pretty well because it allowed each company to move uh, quick without creating any dependencies between companies. Uh, so each one had their own uh, product and their own R&D and everything. Uh, and, and each one decided basically what they're going to do and how they move. So that, that was the good part. And it worked well uh, as long as the company was small enough. Imagine a team of six developers working on a new software product. If everyone works around the same table, in one room, you're bound to have great collaboration, with ideas bouncing off the walls and each person helping one another. But you might get less work done when everyone's hanging out. Two or three people talking about one thing might distract the others trying to work on their own thing. You could put each developer in a separate room and they'll be highly productive. With quiet, no distractions and no worrying about who's looking over their shoulder, 
you'll get some amazing work done in little time. But you lose some element of collaboration in the process. Each team member knows less about what the others are doing, and things which could have been hashed out in an argument instead go unsaid, and the remnants of that lack of communication make their way into the code. And the cost of this uh, became pretty high because you realize that each company needs the same set of, of uh, things. So they all need billing and they all need uh, um, things like uh, you know coupons and checkout and chat and other things. And because of this independence, each one of them developed it uh, independently. So it's for once thing it's, it creates, duplication of efforts, so a waste of uh, people's time, and it creates inconsistencies in uh, how the product uh, looks and works. When Wix was a small organization, dealing with each company's idiosyncrasies wasn't too big of an issue. But as the company grew, the issue compounded itself. Wix was like a minivan with a tractor's engine, bicycle wheels, and a clown car horn. So our customers, they don't really care about how the company structure is. They care about the customer experience. So for them, if they have two different billing systems or two different checkout experience for their, their users, this is really bad. This brings us to platformization. That's a made-up word in, uh, in Wix for, I think, the process or uh, the overall move uh, from, let's say, one big mass of uh, custom integrations between services to something more organized and, um, you know, a platform that looks coherent from outside and people can use it and understand how it works and understand the mechanisms uh, and the different methods to, to use it. Now you understand what Itai moved to Wix four years ago to do and why doing it probably wasn't going to be easy. So the first part was defining how we want to tackle platformization um, with the server, or server in the system. After that, what we started doing is reviewing APIs with the different companies. So at that point, I was reviewing like tens of APIs alone by myself, which wasn't really scalable. Itai was trying to do platformization for an entire corporation across many companies, basically on his own. So it was, it was a tough time. Meanwhile, Dan Bar Shalom was still finding his way in the startup space with varying degrees of success. After a few years, after I left and the two startups, I was looking for uh, was looking for a job. Dan was told about a job opening at Wix for platformization. I think they were looking for maybe a few months or even maybe six months. Um, it It is very hard to find someone for this position, and it's pretty hard to recruit someone because uh, on one hand, you need very experienced people. Uh, that that can overlook uh, the different aspects of the system and connect uh, the dots on a very wide range of uh, technologies and products. And on the other hand, it's kind of you're not managing anyone, 
you're not owning any specific system in production um, so so it's it's very hard to find someone for that position he was hesitant about leaving startups and going back to a big company but I I knew it I was working there so I just uh, texted him and asked him do you know anything about this position and uh, funny enough he tells me uh, you're looking for it yourself uh, I, I'm I'm the one who Uh, recruiting for that so uh, we ended up uh, pretty quickly really like it was uh, five minutes after the HR calls me and uh, maybe a week later I, I get uh, an offer and I, I was really happy uh, to take that opportunity I interviewed quite a lot of architects and it's very hard to find an architect that's also sees high-level visions and is very good at APIs and you know sees the details and has enough experience to actually come into that place and be able to talk to people about the complexities and, and get them on board with the vision I knew I knew from past experience of working with him that Dan had the skills that we needed he was able to see visions of complete systems he was very thorough meticulous and, and well-groomed on APIs and It was really a blessing getting the notice from him that it was a possibility for him that he might join us. After years apart, Dan and Itai teamed up again to run platformization at Wix. Now the team responsible for organizing an entire multinational corporation had two employees. Hey, it's an improvement. Anything that's, you know, you build, you start building small. The idea was to start the platformization process and, and gradually grow the team. Now, we didn't have a final vision of how it would work. You know, it was all building and seeing how far we could get and how far we could go. Dan and Itai began their push to unify Wix's systems. It didn't get off to a flying start. So, uh, actually, the, the first, I think, maybe six months or even more were very confusing. Uh, like, I... I didn't know anyone uh, I felt kind of very lost uh, many different groups many different uh, um, products and technologies and it was very hard uh, getting grip on, on all of this obviously Dan had never done platformization before let alone on such a scale he was lost So he started with what he knew how to do and went from there. For example, the first thing was to have common infrastructure and common terminology that everybody uses. At that point, everybody was building something that's more akin to feature-based APIs. So you had a feature that you wanted to develop in some platform, whether it was booking stores or anything else. You developed an API that was custom-tailored to that feature. And then your front-end developers or other integrations use that API specifically. It, it amounted to having a lot of different APIs that did very, very small things, but no cohesive models. Dan and Itai needed to develop what amounted to a game plan, a rulebook for all the Wix companies and all their developers. It was a big job, but at a fundamental level, it's something Dan had done before. So in uh, uh, Safebridge, when I started, I was uh, the fifth uh, employee there. And we took maybe a week or two at the beginning to 
define and draw the high level vision architecture of the company like we had nothing we had code samples on you know like a POC that runs uh, and we created like this huge architecture uh, that none of it existed and then in the uh, following two years uh, it kind of it was like the guiding map to where we want want to go everything we built we always looked at this vision and and we're able to to see if it takes us to that vision or or not uh, and of course it, it wasn't static it was something that we kept updating and changing as we went but we always had this uh, guiding map uh, to to understand if we're going in the right direction or not Itai and Dan knew that developing an organization-wide rulebook for APIs was possible, so long as they had a clear direction and stuck to it. But this was actually the easy part of their job. A lot of people weren't really used to modeling domain-driven in, in Wix. They were more like feature-driven. And it, was, it all, not only took the, the review part, but it also took the convincing part and, you know, making sure that everybody understands the premise and agrees with it. Dan and Itai could come up with whatever rules and guidelines they wanted, but then they'd actually have to get everyone on board. They had to convince companies that had been doing things their own way without having to worry about such things for years. They had to fly to different countries to talk with hundreds of developers, people with their own preferences, quirks and needs. Have you ever tried to convince more than two or three people of anything? How about getting hundreds of people to agree on one thing? Just the thought of it makes me sweat. What's harder, programming software or dealing with people? <laughs> dealing with people obviously is much harder. Uh, <laughs> it's like You don't know how the brain works, so it's harder to program. You can't program people, right? You need to find your way uh, to, to them. And computer just does whatever you tell it to do. Dan anticipated this quote-unquote human challenge. But in a way, he'd been preparing for it for years, ever since he left Intel as a young, sprightly engineer. My last three years in life person, I was an architect, and uh, like I said, we moved from single service architecture, like big monolith, to breaking it into many smaller systems. And uh, the company was already quite big. I think we uh, reached about maybe one thousand people. And I saw that uh, you need few things. You need to find what motivates different people, what each person carries with him, what's their experience. And when you actually talk to different people, when you talk to the groups, you start seeing, you know, smaller, small things like what people uh, think about uh, doing things one way or another. Um, and it usually comes from their uh, past experience. Uh, some people had uh, I don't know, had to wake up at night because they used some database and uh, now they are they don't want that database just because uh, it made them made them uh, sleep less uh, in their past uh, career 
Uh, it doesn't mean that it's a bad database. It just means that uh, for them, at a certain situation, it wasn't good. So you need to understand what uh, different people think uh, about uh, and, and why. If the platformization team could understand their developers' needs and, crucially, the basis for those needs, they could create a system that actually makes everyone's life easier, rather than one that would feel restrictive or fundamentally change how the developers liked to work. I think more, most developers that I worked with uh, are very uh, logical people. human beings. So if, if you have a good argument for or against something, uh, usually you can get to an agreement. Or it, at least if, if you try to understand the logic behind what people say, then you can, you can get to an agreement. You need to work for that. You need to actually listen and not just, you know, shout your opinion. You can't boss them around and tell them what to do. Uh, and anyway, even if you are their boss, it's not The right way to go uh, you need to create that same alignment we talked about and and make them see why do things in certain way the longer he stayed the more Dan realized that platformization wasn't really about the apis it was about the people who use them so I, I basically followed the tie so I, I just shadowed him we went together to to Uh, all the meetings met all the people he was very uh, good at uh, introducing me to everyone giving me the you know my place uh, and and taking things uh, and I think gradually I felt more and more comfortable and also the more people know you and the more there is trust between you and other people then uh, people start uh, um, listen to what you say It took many, many days. Many conversations, arguments, flights to Kiev and Lithuania and back. Dan and Itai met with more developers in a few months than most people meet in their lifetimes. And they couldn't just talk. They had to listen and understand basically everything going on in every corner of the organization. When you have conversations with teams and with product people as well, you need to kind of be able to quickly dive in into the different products. And you need to be able to quickly dive into these areas and, and ask people the right questions and uh, what's the business motivation for the product to do one thing or another and support, or support one thing or another. Uh, so I, th- I think that's a quality you need to develop or have. Uh, in order to be able to uh, work with wide range of, uh, of groups. You know, m- my job title is kind of APIs, is uh, to, to work on APIs. But you can't have a conversation about APIs without understanding the underlying technologies that uh, make them work. Uh, it, it all, it's all connected. So you need to be able to... talk about different technologies some of them maybe you're more familiar with and some of them uh, you need to get familiar with finally after all their prep they were ready to actually build something so the first thing we started doing is looking at how we want things to actually work the processes become more uh, uh, defined 
This is something that we really worked hard on in the last uh, years to define processes. Uh, building authorization and authentication systems which are standard inside of Wix and outside of Wix. The second thing was to try and define an API language. So uh, how you create a new API? What's, what's the right process for it? What we did is try to define a domain-driven based approach, which meant that you had to explore each domain, define its main entities, start defining the APIs, and start defining how everybody would use them, looking not only at your immediate use cases, but also use cases that might come from outside the platform. Once you have well-defined processes, then uh, it's also easier because you can always direct people to, to read uh, the guidelines and the manuals. All kinds of talented, hard-working people are necessary to make an organization thrive. But before Dan and Itai, Wix was a minivan with a tractor's engine, bicycle wheels, and a clown car horn. Every part worked well on its own, but didn't agree together. It's their work that brought all these disparate parts into harmony. Wix still operates as many different independent companies. These companies still have a great deal of autonomy and make their own rules. But now each can do so without clashing with the others. All because a couple of guys took the time to listen to them, understand their individual needs, and come up with an agreeable solution rather than a forced rule. We did start getting a lot of traction inside of Wix. Management started defining it as a must for people to have APIs. It was something that was reviewed regularly in the meetings of the Operations Guild to see which APIs were platformized, which weren't. And, and we were starting to see a lot of traction inside of the company to start making this a, a de facto decision for Wix engineering. With your experience dealing with people, What lessons can you impart to those listening who aren't in platformization, but still, of course, have to deal with people at their jobs? I, I can tell you a story from actually last week. We just concluded yesterday. So we had a very big engineering debate of uh, some sort, and different people had different opinions and pulled to different directions, and it felt like going nowhere. Uh, and then we decided, okay, we need to have this uh, process on how to resolve this. So we defined, we defined a process, we said, uh, uh, we opened the spreadsheet, we said, okay, this is the categories by which we're going to uh, score the different options. So we, create, we created this uh, scorecard and, and we had a week-long uh, debate in Slack uh, about pros and cons of each option and new option was born during the week and people uh, argued and voted and at some point my colleague tells me that he feels like it's uh, uh, people just arguing just just for just for the sake of argument not not because uh, one thing is better than the other and I I told him look uh, this guy for example I know his scars I know he's really Uh, didn't sleep nights for weeks uh, because of uh, it was dependencies so because of that so everything he says uh, it has a reason it's not just because he's arguing and once you know that 
you kind of realize where people are coming from and, and why they think the way they think you and it, it was a hard week but eventually we got to a decision uh, and I think we it, it ended up quite well because I think everyone is uh, happy with the results even if it's not what they thought but uh, because of the process because it was transparent and because it was uh, we, we uh, allowed everyone to speak up and and put uh, give their opinions and overall even if it's kind of uh, took a lot of time I think it creates more uh, trust between different people and, and trust in our group specifically so Dan to wrap things up here how can other companies do their own versions of platformization better right so key is To all of these to, to succeed is that uh, the management will be a driving force managers or management is, is used to ask people what about this feature what about this new capability and in order to create a mind shift in people's uh, way of working and, and in their uh, processes they need to start asking different questions they need to start asking what about the Uh, your APIs who's using your API what was the feedback from uh, developers external developers that are using your APIs another thing is basically like all the technical infrastructure needed to support standards so what we did was on one hand we created uh, new standards and like it could be th- simple things like naming conventions and uh, stuff like that it could be more complex things as you How you do authentication how you uh, allow queries on your APIs um, and in order to allow people to implement all this you don't want this to be a repeating work so you need to start building infrastructure so in in some places we had to create uh, new groups or new teams that will support and create this infrastructure and this is alongside the teams that are actually using it And what resources can you give your people, your developers, uh, to help make their lives a little bit easier in all this? Right. So we indeed write a lot of new guidelines and a lot of things that people have to follow. It's hard to remember. Uh, and even if you do, it's not always um, easy to follow. Sometimes you're missing some infrastructure. Sometimes you have deadlines that you have to keep. Um, so... Some, some things are on the enforcement side. So you have to block uh, people from releasing things uh, if they're not according to guidelines. Obviously not on every little thing you will block someone because you do want to allow the business to, to move on. But some major things that you decide are uh, you have to, to enforce them. Uh, right now, for example, we're building um, some tools that will, run during uh, during the CI process uh, and they will be able to break builds if you're not uh, conforming to some of the guidelines and finally um, from a business standpoint not just an engineering standpoint um, how do you persuade the decision makers at the company the products that are more uh, mature in this uh, sense they started to to see that they gain business value from it so They have tens of applications, external developer applications that are actually using them um, in, in the up market, in Wix up market. And they, they see the value for their customers. 
and uh, customers are now getting features that they would never get to develop themselves. That's it for this episode. Thank you for listening. For a full list of our previous episodes, visit wix.engineering slash podcast. The Wix Engineering Podcast is produced by PI Media, written by Nate Nelson, produced by Guy B. Noon, and narrated and edited by me, Ren Levy. Special thanks to Morad Stern from Wix. See you again next episode. Bye-bye. Produced by PI Media.